welcome to Body Talk, where we strive to go through life with our eyes open. My name is Spencer Kaufman, coming at you from 103.5 FM, The Sun Community Radio. Last week, we spoke about understanding your presence. And the time before, we incorporated posture. So we talked about the difference between posture and stature. And understanding your presence is a big part of your communication with other people and how you can effectively communicate your message to others and not only communicate your message, but how you can effectively understand other people and show them that you really care about what is going on in your life. Even if you may not really deeply care as in you love them or you truly would care about like a brother or a sister or a spouse or something like that, but you will show them that you care enough to listen to them and to communicate with them. And then when you present some form of advice or some form of wordage that shows them that you are providing like counsel or anything like that, when you understand your presence and are able to more effectively communicate with them, they will be more likely to listen to and respect that advice or whatever suggestions you give them. Posture plays a very, very important role in that and how you conduct yourself. If you have posture and you're standing up straight as a board, rigid militarily, then people may not see the warmth in you. They would say, this dude is too rigid or he won't understand or she won't understand. But if you have stature and you are poised and you're calm and relaxed, but still maintaining a good form of bodily posture, such as the orientation in which your body positions itself, the definition of posture, if you maintain that and you have complete calmness, relaxation about you, then people will listen to you because they will see that warmth. They will see that you're not rigid, you're not stiff, etc. And that is a huge part of your presence. Today we are going to add to your presence. In addition to having the great stature and having the ability to conduct yourself and speak to other people, you need to incorporate more things into your presence. So last time I gave you some things to work on. There were a few different exercises that you could do. They were sitting, standing, walking, even shaking hands in front of a mirror. Because your handshake is a very important part of this presence. In addition, there were some lists that I had you make. And if you haven't done this or if you don't know what I'm talking about, feel free to tune in to previous broadcasts on sunprairiemediacenter.com or on the Body Talk podcast at spencerkaufman.com. In addition to those lists that you've made, you made some of physical behaviors that you don't like that you do. Things like nervously tapping things, avoiding eye contact, maybe biting your fingernails, things like that that are kind of like poor habits. And Maybe they're not bad habits, but they're just habits that don't really convey any message to other people. They don't do anything. They're meaningless. They're fidgeting type behaviors. Now, everybody has these. You'll never eliminate all of them. So eliminate as many as you can. And then the others, of course, they're going to happen, but pay attention to when they happen and maybe tone them down a little bit. Then I also had you do a list of behaviors that you like, that are positive, that you could develop further and incorporate into your presence. Then you wrote a paragraph about yourself, like your elevator speech, your presenting message, anything. It could be a pitch that you're using for work. It could be just a paragraph about yourself, like my name is Spencer Kaufman. I'm an author. I do podcasts online. I make YouTube videos. 
Obviously, it would be a little bit more detailed than that, but something about who you are. It's just a few sentences, three to five sentences, something that you can quickly memorize and speak. And I had you practice that in front of the mirror with the behaviors you like and toning down the behaviors you don't like and using stature. Now, we are going to add to that. Hopefully, you have that. If you don't have that, get it, write it, create it, go through those exercises and use these things. I just gave you a little summary of these exercises, so if you didn't listen to the other broadcast, you can kind of put them together and get that and help yourself develop a good, strong presence so that you can communicate more effectively with other people. You today are going to add something called gestures. Gestures are a huge part of communication. In fact, most people use gestures every 10 or 12 seconds when communicating with other people. Sometimes it's even more. Visible gestures are used usually every 10 seconds or maybe even every less. Most people, it's 10 seconds because most people are not that outgoing. But however, for more extroverted individuals, such as myself, I speak with gestures probably every three to five seconds. Now, you don't need to go that many, but try to get it to around every five seconds. That doesn't even count the unconscious gestures such as shoulder moving, feet, things like that, your body orientation, that happens probably every one second or less. Something moves on your body when communicating with other people. So this is huge. Gestures are a huge part of that. There are that many gestures happening on your body at any given second when you are communicating with someone. Why would you not want to take control of these gestures and use them consciously to focus and to target your message and take action with those gestures and have them emphasize and reinforce the points you are making. You wouldn't. Of course not. You want to use these for your advantage. If you're talking to somebody, you obviously are saying something, and if you're saying something, you must think that that something is important, because otherwise you probably wouldn't be saying it. Why would you just talk meaninglessly? Now, there are some people that talk to talk, those types of people are either so full of themselves that they don't know any better or they don't have much of a brain in their head that they don't know any better. So either way, they're not going to be benefiting from this. But everybody else, when you communicate, you have a message. You are saying something, whether you're saying you want to buy something or you want to sell something or whether you are telling your kids something, you're teaching them some kind of a lesson or you're speaking a proverb or you are talking with somebody about a meeting or a deal you're going to make anything. You have something to say. So say it well and use your body and your speech to help you communicate and reinforce that message. So let's get into gestures a little bit deeper here. Gestures must always be genuine. They need to be real. You can't just start waving your arms around randomly and have it look like gestures. No, they need to be purposeful and tactful. They need to have a meaning. Most of the time, your gestures will be unconscious because it's just going to become a natural part of speech. And we mentioned this before, when things are unconscious and natural, they are often much better. Things just happen. People all the time, athletes, swimmers, any whether it's a physical athlete or whether it is more of a mental athletic ability, something like a chess tournament or anything like that, or some kind of a competition where people are dancing or like that TV show Dancing with the Stars, a lot of those stars 
who didn't really know how to dance, but then when they were paired with a trainer, when they won, they asked them, what was the breaking point or what finally led you to this success or to this victory? Because early on, and then they would show footage of training or whatever, you were struggling and they, you would see that this star just could not get this dance down. And then what they would say most of the time, they'd say, well, we just developed a chemistry or blah, blah, blah. But then the important thing they said is, when I finally was able to just let go and let it flow through me, then I did well. And you saw that in their performance. When they just kind of said, all right, let's just do it, and it became part of the unconscious, it became natural for them to do that, it happened. It's like when you use your heart. When you control things or when you use your heart to speak to people, you are much more effective and things just come naturally. It happens naturally. So gestures obviously are not all going to be conscious. You're not going to consciously put a gesture somewhere. In fact, if you consciously do a gesture, oftentimes that gesture is not going to seem genuine. It will be like a lie. And I've talked a lot about this in the Deception Tips podcast, so you can tune into that if you like. It's on spencercoffman.com slash podcasts. But with your gestures, they should be genuine. They should never be forced. They should never really be repetitive or predictable. They should be natural, authentic, and spontaneous. And that is a key one, spontaneous. So when I speak, if you watch any videos of me or anything like that, my hands are always moving. And my hands are moving with what I say and with what I talk about. And if you watch the news, the news anchors, they really don't use their hands. They sit with them on the desk. That's because they are told that they need to have that sort of a presence. But when you watch the end of the news, when they zoom out and show you the whole set and the people are there just kind of talking, having fun, oftentimes you will see their hands move a lot more. Whether they are stacking up their papers or are gesturing to each other, their hands start going crazy. It is because hand movements are a natural part of our communication. So when you can start understanding that, you can start thinking about your hand movements and what to do with them. Now, if you move your hands too much, maybe you put them together like you're in the simple child's prayer where they're flat against each other, palms flat against each other, and then you can move and emphasize that way to kind of limit some of those hand movements. So when speaking with other people, you must take control of your gestures. You don't want to be moving around like a maniac, all willy-nilly, going back and forth, Italians get a bad rap for this because they are so gestured people. They speak with their hands like crazy, but their hand movements all have meaning. They may bite one hand. That means something. They may put their arm up. That means something else. It's like they have a language within a language within another language. So they have their Italian spoken language. Then they have a sign language that only these Italians know with all of their hand movements. Then they have body language, which a lot of people don't know, and that's the point of this podcast and is the point of this radio show and is the point of a lot of videos that I do is to show people that body language matters and that it is significant in your life. Now, on the other hand, you don't want to stand there without moving your hands at all, like a statue. You can't be the person who is just standing there talking to people and you look like you're frozen in space, but your head is talking. You can't be a talking head. You need to be a talking body. You need to body talk. You need to use everything you have 
to communicate with other people and show them your message. You need a nice balance. So when you're in communication with others, you can do several things with your hands. They can move about and help emphasize your speech, or if you don't feel like moving them at a certain time, then they are in what is called a resting position. So your hands in resting positions need to be in proper resting positions for your stature and for your presence. You can put them in a number of places. You could put your hands in your pockets and that would be a resting position. You can put your hands behind your back and clasp one inside the other. That would be a resting position. You could put them in front and clasp one inside the other. That would be a resting position. You could fold your arms. You could clasp your hands and put them in front in front of your chest and hold them kind of so your arms are bent. You could lock them behind your neck. You could do all kinds of things with your hands. But each one of those resting positions communicates something different. For example, if you put your hands in your pockets as a resting position, you may be communicating that, depending on the situation, that you don't want to do any work. If, there, if other people are working and you put your hands in your pockets, you don't want to help them. Or if it's just in general conversation, well, you have your hands in your pockets, what are you hiding? Are you hiding something? You may not be physically hiding something in your hand or in your pocket, but you could be hiding something emotionally or uh, spiritually or mentally by having your hands in your pockets. It could con convey that sort of a message. Now, if you put your hands behind your back and clasp one inside the other or hold one inside the other, with like you take your fingers of one hand and put them inside the palm of your other hand and wrap those fingers around them. So it, you kind of get the idea there. And you put that behind your back. Now, automatically, you're pulling your shoulders back. So you're standing up straighter. You have better stature. So you appear more confident, safe, secure. You look like you are a bodyguard or something. This was a huge, huge deal. I remember a story of a new hotel that was opening up down in the Virgin Islands area. Let's just say it was like in Jamaica, but I don't believe it was Jamaica. It was somewhere, it was nice, it was a nice tropical paradise area. And this hotel was so big and so rich and nice that they had these security guards, or these kind of their own private security, hotel security, and they were dressed in suits. They were all, you know, macho type men, stereotypical, uh, like when you look at private mercenary groups or something. It was like a private military security people that this hotel had hired to secure their premises and keep things nice and orderly. And these men were standing with their hand clasped one inside the other. And they were in black suits and white shirts. And it was hot, you know, so not that bad, but it was warm. But they weren't, it wasn't intolerable. And they were standing with their hands in front of their body with one hand inside the other. And their arms were right in front of their groin area. And they had just a presence about them that didn't seem strong. It didn't seem dominating. It didn't seem like they were in control of the situation. This is because they looked timid. They looked weak because their hands were resting in front of their bodies. So their shoulders were slightly brought forward, which typically that goes with a head down position and almost like they're ashamed. They're ashamed of themselves. And this is something that I've talked about before, it is kind of an ashamed gesture. It is a covering gesture. It is something that where it's a vulnerability type gesture or it conveys vulnerability. So the change that was made is, well, why, do, why don't we tell them 
to put their hands behind their backs. So we made one minor change. Now, I was not a part of this, but I am familiar with this. So I wasn't physically there. I didn't make this change. It wasn't me. But it was something that had happened that I am familiar with. I have heard about it and, and whatnot. So it's just so to clarify right there. But they made one simple change. They said, take your hands from in front of your body and put them behind your body. And what that did was it brought them up. It opened their bodies up. They're, they stood up taller, they brought their shoulders back, and their hands were behind them. Now, they felt more confident because they felt stronger. And they looked stronger, they looked more authoritative, and they looked like they controlled the situation. That hotel, as a result, had nice, strong, solid security. You can put your hands in any number of positions for resting behaviors, and where you put them makes a significant difference on how you're perceived and how you feel. You internalize what you feel and how you're perceived. You may not consciously know what others think about you, but you can sense it from how you behave and how they behave as a result to your behavior. So if you can put your hands in proper resting positions that don't make you look vulnerable or exposed or overconfident, then you will be seen and interpreted a lot better. Now I want you to do an exercise. Take your written statement from last week, the one you prepared about yourself, your elevator speech. If you don't have one, use something. Maybe you have something for work. Maybe you're practicing a sales pitch. Maybe you are going to talk to your boss and you're rehearsing what you're going to say. Take any of that. Anything that you have that's three to five sentences long that you need to communicate to someone else. I want you to practice this in the mirror or on your camera somehow. And now if it's on your camera, I want you to set the camera somewhere. So if you have a tripod, get a tripod or get someone to record you and have them hold the camera, whatever the case may be, but you cannot hold your own camera. So do it in front of a mirror or in front of a camera. And I want you to practice this statement using what you worked on last time, your good habits and getting rid of the bad habits and communicating effectively, etc. If you haven't done that, don't worry, but practice this. And don't use any gestures. Just keep your hands at your sides. You can put your two index fingers. This is another very popular resting position. So take the index fingers on each of your hands and touch them to your thumbs. Then take your middle finger and touch it to your thumbs. So you kind of look like you are a crab or crab hands type of a thing. So put, do that and then take your fingers and put them right at your sides. So it's touching the seams of your pants. And you can stand there very comfortably with your hands in that resting position. And it doesn't look bad or awkward or anything like that. It looks normal. So you can stand, just stand or sit wherever and put your hands down and talk, speak your message without any gestures. Then I want you to do the same thing again. Speak your message. This time use gestures. Don't use them consciously. Just naturally let them flow. How you would speak with your hands, how you would emphasize and communicate. And do this a few times. Do it without gestures, maybe twice. And then do it with gestures, maybe three or four times. And each time you'll notice that you're using more gestures. You're starting to become more natural with it. You're communicating more effectively. Remember that wherever you stand in front of the camera or sit, you should be centered in front of the camera. It's a little basic film tips 101. And remember stature not posture. You need to stand up straight, but remember that thread that's going through your body. It's running down your spine, 
coming out the top of your head, of course, and it's going down your spine, out all of your limbs. Feel it go through each fingertip, through each toe, everywhere. And when you pull that thread up through the top of your head, you're like a puppet. You're stretching yourself up. You're standing up straight. You're becoming part of stature. Stature is both mental and physical. So it's that physical posture appearance, but it's also a mental awareness. Use your prepared statement as a template. Deliver your opening and closing or your one minute with your hands hanging comfortably at your sides the first time. Using no gestures, relax and communicate your message with your eyes and face, conveying everything you want to say. Speak your message. Use your voice to inflect the different tones to emphasize the different things you want to emphasize and communicate that message across. Then do it again using the gestures. Use your hands to emphasize, to communicate. In addition, continue to emphasize with your voice, with your vocal inflections, with things like that, and your eyes and, and face and everything else. So you're just going to add gestures to the picture. Review and repeat as many times until you're very comfortable with this, and add your body language gestures as deemed appropriate. Communication is important, and using these gestures is an important part of speech. So it is important that you practice this. You may say, I don't need to practice this. I'll just start using gestures. No, I want you to practice this because I want you to see it. This is why I say do it in front of a mirror so you can see what you're doing on yourself. Do it in front of a camera so you can watch the playback. Then take it elsewhere and do it in front of other people that can kind of give you some friendly critique or advice on this because you don't want to do it in front of someone you don't know. You want to do this in front of someone you know so that they can tell you from how they know you how you are communicating to them. Now, I have a few different points on behaviors, gestures, and body language in relation to one another that will hammer out quick before we run out of time. Number one is that behaviors cannot be contradictory. Now, I spoke about this in the Deception Tips podcast. It was episode number three. Behaviors cannot contradict one another. This means simply, we'll go quick, it means like nodding your head yes while saying no, that would be contradictory. Behaviors cannot contradict the speech. So if you are saying one thing and your hands and body is doing another, that's not going to work. That will not seem true. It will not seem genuine. That is deception. That is coming out of your body. In addition, you cannot have one hand doing one thing and the other doing another thing. It's kind of like that old thing that you used to do when you were kids. Can you rub your belly and pat your head at the same time? That's two contradictory behaviors. Oftentimes it's hard. You, you, can, you end up doing one or the other or it's backwards. Can you move one finger to the right and one finger to the left in a circle? Counterclockwise and clockwise? It's, oftentimes you can't. You'll end up spinning them together in rhythm. Because it's natural for us to do things that are simultaneous, that are symmetrical, and that are congruent. It's unnatural to do things that are contradictory, that are not symmetrical, that are not congruent. So anytime we try to do that with our body, it looks funny and people can pick up on that. And usually that means that there is deception happening. So the next one is gestures must be symmetrical. They must happen similarly on both sides of the body. This was hammered out more in episode 16 of the Deception Tips podcast. They must be symmetrical. So if you move your hand on one side of your body, unless you're pointing or or alluding to something on that side, whether it's the right or the left, 
both hands should move. You must have symmetricality. In addition, the gestures must be simultaneous, which means they must be congruent with speech and with each other. So when you speak, your voice and your hand would move to emphasize each word in your speech. It will bounce just like those sing-alongs. Every time they say a word, that little ball bounces from one word to the next as it lights up. It's all symmetrical. So your hands bounce with your words, similar to that. It's just like that. It's a good little picture for you. They must also be congruent with each other. So as I mentioned, both hands must move together. This was more talked about in episode 12 of the Deception Tips podcast. So things must go together congruently, symmetrically, and simultaneous. Now, in addition to all of that, your facial expressions must be symmetrical. Now, facial expressions are not really something you can control like gestures. They just happen. So this is more of a little tip that you can see when you're watching the playback and you can watch your face. Expressions must be symmetrical. If they are not symmetrical, then that means there is deception going on. This was episode 14 of the Deception Tips podcast. Now, all of these podcasts are also going to be videos, so you can see videos on each of these deception tips as well. That's available for you on YouTube. But right now, just focus on when talking with your body, when undergoing body talk and adding to your presence, you must add gestures, and these gestures cannot contradict one another. They must be symmetrical. They must be simultaneous. They need to be congruent with your speech. And then also your facial expressions should be symmetrical as well. That means they happen on both sides of the face. Now, something interesting happens with the body and how things happen on the right side and the left side of the body. You have a right brain and a left brain. Now, that's not entirely true because you really only have one brain. You just have two hemispheres. So you have a right cerebral hemisphere and a left cerebral hemisphere. Each of these hemispheres are contralaterally related to the body. Now, that means they control the opposite side of the body. So your right cerebral hemisphere controls the left side of the body. And the left cerebral hemisphere controls the right side of the body. Or your left brain controls the right side. And your right brain controls the left side. They are opposite. So that is how you can make sure. Well, you can't really make sure because you can't change that. But that is how you know that they must be symmetrical. Because if if the right brain is controlling the left side and the left brain is controlling the right side, then your hands and body movements, by just kind of logic, should match each other because they're controlling oppositely. So that means they are doing things to work together, to be congruent. They're, it's like a mirror of itself. They're contralaterally related. So then they should be symmetrical. Now, if they're not symmetrical, then that means something went screwy up in the brain and had something happen, which could be deception or some other form of Maybe they have some other thing going on, they're not thinking, whatever the case may be. Whenever you're using gestures, watch for those things. And this could be the same when communicating with other people. You can watch for those things on them as well. Things in natural life, when you look at a snowflake, for example, that's symmetrical. When you look at the ripples, when you drop a pebble into a pond, notice how they spread and grow one after another. And each one is perfectly symmetrical with the other one. Look at butterflies. They are perfectly symmetrical, or even some moths. 
with the designs on them. They look beautiful and amazing. Take a leaf that falls from a tree. Pick it up and fold it in half. And notice how the veins match up very well. How the edges of the leaf match up very well. Nature all around us is symmetrical. It's natural to be symmetrical. Therefore, when you are speaking and communicating with other people, you must use that symmetry as a part of your presence. Now, whether that symmetricality is gestures being simultaneous, that is a form of symmetricality, expressions on each side of your face, symmetricality, or moving two hands, one on each side of the body, with each other, that is symmetricality, and also congruence. When you do that, when you speak that way with symmetricality, your speech appears more natural and is therefore better received by other people. So remember to add gestures to your presence, keep practicing, and keep communicating with other people. I want to thank you for listening to Body Talk. I hope you'll tune in next week where you can learn more about what everybody is really saying. Until then... Go through life with your eyes open.